What it do, baby? Welcome to this week's episode of the Crump Talks podcast. Um, on today's episode, I'm talking about sex and kind of the economics of it, the economy of sex, at least from a personal standpoint, where sex is readily available, the value of sex decreases. And I talk about that purely from my perspective, like I speak about most things. I'm not the expert. I'm just an expert on what I've experienced. And uh, in addition to that, I kind of talk about how for men, oftentimes our ability to have sex with multiple women that manifests as a function of depression, us being depressed in life, but being able to control having multiple sexual partners. Um, I think it's something that's not often discussed, especially by people who are fucking credible. Um, but yeah, thanks for checking out the podcast. Appreciate you. Yo, yo. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Crump Talks. Um, appreciate you. Today, I think I'm talking about something that's pretty relatable and, or maybe it's not relatable shit. I don't know. Get it how you live, cuss. Um, I think it's going to be relatable to a lot of people, though, at least in some capacity or another. I'm talking about sex, about sex and the economics of it, which is something I think is often overlooked. And when I say the economics of it, if you look at economics, it's not just talking about money, right? We're talking about the supply and demand of something. And so in that context, the supply and demand of sex, there's an abundant supply of sex. What's demand for sex looks like? How does that demand correlate to the supply? And that's shit, man. That's economics 101. And economics is one of those things that once you learn it, you can kind of see it everywhere. You can see how it applies to to anything and everything. But that's enough about just economics on its own. Kind of how I came to, to the conclusions I've come to regarding economics and sex. About six years ago, man, I was in like a super, super depression. Um, had lost my best friend, my sister. I had a kid that I didn't know I was having. Um, so I was in a really weird place. I felt like my life was out of control. Like all of these things were, at least how I perceived it then, they were happening to me, right? Like I was the subject of just a lot of bullshit. And as a man, one of the things we're always taught, and I wanna say taught, because I don't think it's something that we're, we're taught consciously most times. But on a subconscious level, I think a lot of us are programmed that promiscuity, um, or to put it bluntly, I think is the parlance of our times. Like a lot of people speak this way, fucking hoes. Like as men, it's like, okay, if you're fucking hoes, you're okay. That's something you can control. And for me, that was something I could control. Being an attractive man, mid-20s, late-20s, late-20s, 28, um... I had money, I looked good, like I had my own house. Everything else being out of control and my life just being a motherfucker, I'm like, oh, well, I can I can control this. I can be promiscuous. I can be out here. And that's where I really learned to understand, like I said, the economics of sex. Now, I got out of that funk, thankfully, and understood that the promiscuity was a, for me at least, a function of depression. Like that was how depression was manifesting for me. That's how I was was able to deal with it. At least that's what I thought I was doing. 
where it's like, okay, I can control this. So I'm going to do this. And then after having sex with women that I didn't even value, somehow feeling validated or at least mistaking, mistaking an orgasm for a sense of some sort of accomplishment. And, um, I don't know. It was a weird, it was a weird time for me because it was a good two months, at least two months, two, three months that I was just on some whole shit. And looking back at it, it was a whole summer. Like it was legit summer, um, summer 13. I was looking at it like I was Jason and it was the slaughter. And that sounds savage because that was savage. That was some bullshit. That was ego for me, all ego. And where I was letting ego control things because fucking a like everywhere else I felt like I was broken you know so I think that's something to also keep in context with some of these asshole men that we encounter that we know some of us are that man um there's growth there like those are people that are hurt that are fucked up and they're shitty for a reason you know because they're they're feeling shitty but yeah anyway so I was on bullshit and um what honestly got me out of that whole ridiculous set of behaviors set of habits was I got busy I think being and not just busy but being productive I think getting productive for me like I started a new job in a school district that I was really I felt valued I felt appreciated in the workplace and for me that was enormous Um, because I was used to not being appreciated in the workplace and just especially when you're down having Having 40 hours of your week spent with people and in situations where you're showing appreciation, that's uh that shit was tremendous for me. I'd also started to date a chick too, man. Super dope chick. Um I mean she turned out to be a motherfucker of motherfuckers. But <laughs> that's the story for another time. Um But nah, she was dope, man. We really vibed and we were able to kick it. And it added just those two things were a complete turnaround for me. But one of the coolest things is that it gave me perspective on my behavior. Like I was really able to sit with myself and unpack my my summer summer 13 and uh hot boy summer cuz I was yeah, truly on some hot boy shit and it was some bullshit. Um but I was able to unpack it and able to really think about it and process it. And like I said, I got my MBA probably like a year prior to this shit. Got my MBA in, yeah, winter of 2012. So not even a year. So I was still in MBA mode. I was really looking at things like business because I think one of the benefits that an MBA gave me was that I was able to perceive the capitalist society that we live in kind of from a capitalist perspective. And I looked at the economics of sex. I'm like, okay, I'm fucking all these hoes because... I can. There's an abundance of hoes. Therefore, there's no value in hoes, which there's very little value in hoes. Let's be clear here. But not all women are hoes and not all the women that I was seeing were hoes. Not many of them, honestly. I was just a hoe. Um, (laughs) Ah, goodness. So if we put sex on a graph and the value related to it, The more sex that's available to you, the more sex that's available to a society, the less value that sex is going to have. Now, 
there's some of us that have sex purely for romantic reasons or because Jesus told you you could give your wife the diddly. I, I don't know. The rest of us, though, I think most human beings will have sex when they can have sex. And if you can have sex whenever you want it, it doesn't become a valuable thing for you. You have to associate value with scarcity. So when something becomes scarce to you, it becomes valuable. And I think, I mean, I watch Narcos. If you don't watch Narcos, I, I don't know, man. I'm sorry for your loss. But uh, interesting fact, man, with Pablo Escobar, there is a point when he was on the run and his family was cold. They didn't have firewood. He was burning stacks of money. So the value of the money wasn't worth shit to him because he had an abundance of money. All he had at that point was money. He didn't have wood. Wood in that situation would have been more valuable than the money. And now I'm going to get off the subject of narcos because I'm getting sidetracked. Um, also, don't fuck. It's narco season one and two. Once they get rid of Pablo, I, I don't know who cares. You feel me? But yeah, so when we're talking about sex in this context, it loses value. So when you look at how we live today, this is 2013. And just being that I was attractive, social media was out there. I was well-spoken. It's like at that point I could do that. In 2019, we have Tinder, we have Bumble, we have a billion and one options that are literally designed purely for hookups to um, kind of reinforce that that part of our culture. And and I don't want to say re reinforce, but also enable for a lot of motherfuckers like it enables that they don't have that outside of that. And if you really sit down and start thinking about it, which I was fortunately able to do kind of when I was in the middle of this behavior. But I think a lot of people don't even see it like they can't see the perspective that, OK, I'm having so much sex or I have so much access to sex. That sex is losing value to me that I no longer value it. And I think it's a little bit harder for women emotionally, just in that you guys attach more to sex. I think just from a put natural in quotes because there's a wide range of what's natural or what's normal. But emotionally, women invest more in sexual partners than men do on average in just a general sense. Now, with all of this being said, I think it also, at least for me, it, it makes me naturally think about the fact like, hey, if all somebody has to offer me is sex, who fucking cares? It's like, oh, you got a fat ass. So does 60% of the population. And I mean, that's a high... High estimation, but a lot of women got fat asses. That's not a, a scarce thing. Um, so also for dudes that have money, when you're out here flashing your money, trying to get some ass, that shit doesn't work, bro. Like any women, if she's, she's an attractive woman, she has something going for herself. You having some money, like a bunch of dudes have money. That's not, that doesn't separate you, bro. And once again, that gets into economics. Sex is easily accessible. People with money are easily accessible. It's like, what's really valuable to you? And hell, man, even for myself, I'm on a 30 day no sex kick just to get my shit right. Um, I think it's a good, a good measure of self-control when you can abstain from sex. Now, I want to abstain from masturbation. Um, 
I don't know. I don't know about that one, man. But there's this book called The Tao of Sex, or Tao of Sex, really, because the T is pronounced as a D. And I'm trying to remember who that's by. I want to say that's by um, Jolan Chang, I think was her name. But the book kind of talks about the fact that the male orgasm releases power for us. It gives power to the woman, like the woman getting an orgasm. Um, but for men, it, it kind of relieves us of power. And so that's just something I'm trying to be trying to see, trying to see how I feel. I know there's a Seinfeld episode where um, where George didn't have sex for a month. I don't know if he didn't jack off for a month, too. But on that episode, like he just was in his zone getting shit done. Fucking brilliant. And then I know I think he ended up hitting some chick he'd been trying to hit for a while or I don't know, man. It was something ridiculous. I haven't seen it in shit a decade but uh that's what i'm on right now just because i feel like being able to control myself especially in an area where sex and the accessibility for me is at an all-time high realistically just when we factor in social media and just smartphones what it puts in your pocket um it's out of control and for me i find that to be a huge distraction at times where it takes away from productivity so being abstinent for a month and we're going to start with a month. We're going to see, we're going to see if I can go further, but, um, I really feel like that can boost my productivity and get me closer to where it is. I'm trying to go because that right there is more important to me than some ass. Like, like I was saying, man, the fat asses are in abundance, especially now that we got Dr. Miami out here pumping booties with silicone and Ah man, but also I I don't know if you could tell. I love women with booties. I love you guys. I mean it. I, I really fucking do love you. Um, real booties I prefer, but fake booties, man. I know we get we're knocking them, and it's an unhealthy thing with how how prevalent they are. But shout out to y'all too, man. Fucking a. Um. <laughs> oh man. I feel like I'm about to start ranting. I got shit to do. But just think about sex from an economic perspective, man, and how it's not really that valuable. Sex with a connection. Sex with somebody you love, somebody you care about. And not saying, oh, you have to be in a relationship to have sex. No, fuck that, man. I'm all about having good sex with the person you're having good sex with. Whether you're heterosexual, homosexual, pansexual, transsexual any other denominations or identities that I don't fucking know about. If you're having good quality sex with quality people, quality energy exchanged, I'm all for it, man. Whatever whatever you do that makes you a better you. Um, also safe sex, man. Safe sex is important. I'm not a huge fan of it, just in the sense of, well, fuck, man, I have three kids, right? I can't be a huge fan of it. Clean sex. If you're going to have unprotected sex, we'll call it that. If you're gonna have unprotected sex, Make sure your partners are clean. That's that's important. And also make sure you communicate with your partners. If you're having unprotected sex with multiple people, that's a weird... You're fucking with energies at that point. Like, I firmly believe that. Um, that crashes the economy as a whole. Your whole, econ <laughs> your whole economy crashes and burns on some depression level shit when you're having unprotected sex with multiple people and then you get a sexually transmitted infection. I think is the proper terminology now. STD, STI, 
you get got, burnt, um, whatever, however you identify that. You don't want that. So yeah, like I said, man, I don't wanna ramble. That's what I think about sex as far as economics is concerned, the economy of sex. Now we could get into some whole other shit. We start talking about the physical, actual monetary economy of sex, but I'll save that for one of these podcasts I got coming up. I actually have, I don't want to call it a series. I might even start a whole different podcast for it, but uh, called Conversations with Crump or Crump Talks with, and then insert the person's name. I don't know. I haven't decided. If you got opinions, fucking let me know. But I know some people in the sex industry and um, and I know you're saying, of course Crump does. Yeah, yeah, of course I do. I mean, Jesus kicked it with everybody. Feel me? I'm just out here following the J-Man's lead. But yeah, be on the lookout for that other podcast series or I don't know, whatever. Be on the lookout for that. Fuck with me. I'm really trying to put out as much content as humanly possible because why not? If you got anything you want to talk about, anything you'd like me to talk about, just holler at me, man. I'll get it done. Um, I try to respond to every comment that I see. So hit me on Facebook, Instagram, um, your podcasting platform, wherever. I'm out here, man. Peace.